For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, The Journey of the Bride. This is part six of the series. So that heart surgery is the new covenant. The new covenant is the Torah written upon the bride's heart. Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 33. This shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my Torah in their inward parts. I will write my Torah in their hearts. And so Yeshua found fault with the heart of his bride that she had a stony heart. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 8. For finding fault with them. Notice he did not find fault with his Torah. He found fault with the hearts of his people. So he said, Behold, the days come, says the Lord, I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. So then there's a quotation referring to Jeremiah 31 verse 33 in Hebrews chapter 8 verse 10, which says, This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my Torah into their mind and I will write it in their heart. So what's the difference between a stony heart and this new covenant heart of flesh? Well, the stony heart can't overcome the sin nature. The desires of the flesh can't overcome that you reason and you behave and you act according to the wisdom of this world, according to your five physical senses and your carnal mind, which Paul wrote in Hebrews in chapter 8, verse 7, is an enemy against God and does not follow the Torah of God. But instead, the bride of Yeshua needs a heart of flesh, a soft heart heart that can be molded in in shape and that heart of flesh is willing to follow the Torah but in order to fully and rightfully follow that Torah she still needs his spirit to do it she cannot do it in her own wisdom in her own knowledge in her own reasoning and ability so in the Torah the bride of Yeshua is promised a circumcised heart Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 6 in the Lord your God will circumcise your heart heart and the heart of your seed to love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul that you may live. And so the Holy Spirit gives Yeshua's bride that circumcised heart. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 2 verse 29, but he is a Jew and this is a play on the meaning of Jew in the Hebrew which means a praiser of God. One is a praiser of God which is one inwardly and circumcision is of the heart. A praiser of God who has a circumcised heart which means a heart to obey the Torah of 
Yeshua by his spirit. So one that is circumcised in the heart, in the spirit, not in the letter. His praise is not of men, which is fleshly, but of God. So Paul teaches about in Yeshua in the new covenant, the bride of Yeshua having that circumcised heart and to follow his Torah by his spirit. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 3, we are the circumcision, meaning circumcision of heart, which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Messiah Yeshua and have no confidence in the flesh. The bride of Yeshua follows his Torah in the new covenant through the help and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 26 and 27, a new heart will I give you, a new spirit will I put within you. I will put my spirit within you. And what's the result of the indwelling Holy Spirit in the new covenant? I'm going to cause you to follow my Torah, to walk in my statutes, to keep my judgments and do them. And this is the Torah that Paul testified that he walked in once he became a believer in Yeshua as the Messiah. In Romans chapter 7 verse 22, Paul testifies that he delights in the Torah of God after the inward man, the one that has the indwelling Holy Spirit. So what does the Torah of Yeshua look like? What does the bridegroom request and desire of his bride? The bridegroom, that is Yeshua, wants his bride, that is the nation of Israel, to follow his Torah. He wants that Torah to be written upon her heart, and he wants her to follow that Torah through the help and the inspiration of his Holy Spirit. And when the Torah is written upon her heart, she will have a love for him, produce the fruit of the Spirit, and desire to live her life to do his will. The Holy Spirit is the bride's teacher. Yeshua, in John chapter 16, verse 13, explains that when the Spirit of truth is come, that the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, will guide you in all truth. If the Holy Spirit is going to lead and guide you in truth, what is truth? Psalm 119, verse 142. Thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and your Torah is the truth. Psalm 119, verse 151. You are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are truth. Yeshua said in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And the Holy Spirit is going to convict the world of sin, meaning they are not following the Torah, and the Holy Spirit is going to bring people to Yeshua in the recognition that Yeshua is Messiah, because Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3, at the end of the verse, that no one can say that Yeshua is Lord, Yeshua is Yahweh, except by the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is going to lead, guide, and teach you in truth. Yeshua is truth. The Holy Spirit is going to point you to Yeshua, that he's the Messiah. And the Torah is truth. The commandments are truth. So the Holy Spirit is going to point you to Yeshua and to follow his Torah. First John chapter 1, verse 6, it is written, if we say that we have fellowship with him, if we say we have fellowship with Yeshua, but walk in darkness, well, darkness is the opposite of light. And in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 23, the Torah is called light. So if you walk in darkness, that means you don't follow the Torah. You lie and you're not following the truth. And the truth is the Torah or the commandments of Yeshua. In third John chapter 1, verse 4, it is written, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk 
walk in truth. If the Torah is truth, if the commandments is truth, if Yeshua is truth, what does it mean to walk in truth? It means to believe that Yeshua is the Messiah and follow his Torah. So in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 27, I will put my spirit within you. What's the purpose of the indwelling Holy Spirit, which we receive and have in the new covenant? It's to cause you to walk in my statute, to keep my judgments and do that. It's to cause you to follow his Torah. That's why Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, there is no condemnation to them who believe that Yeshua is the Messiah, that are in Messiah Yeshua, who walk, that means to live their lives, not after the flesh, because the flesh is an enemy of God, and the flesh is going to live according to the carnal mind. It's not subject to the Torah of God. Romans chapter 8, verses 7 and 8. Those that are in Messiah Yeshua who do not walk after the flesh, but after the Spirit. They are believers in Yeshua as Messiah, and they follow his Torah by his Spirit. Then Paul says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. This is the way that Paul sought to live his life unto Yeshua. And he testifies in Romans chapter 7, verse 22, for I delight in the Torah of God after the inward man. The inward man has the Torah written upon their heart and is following that Torah by Yeshua's spirit. Romans chapter 8, verse 4, the righteousness of the Torah is fulfilled. In other words, doing what the Torah says is fulfilled for those who do not walk after the flesh, but after the spirit. If you walk after the flesh, you sin. And in 1 John 3, 4, sin is the transgression of the Torah. So when you walk after the flesh, you don't follow the Torah. When you walk after the spirit, you are following the Torah. That's why Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8, verse 9 and verse 14, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. So if the spirit of God dwells in you, and as many that are led by the spirit of God, the same are the sons of God. So following Yeshua's Torah is being spiritually minded. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 7, verse 14, for we know that the Torah is spiritual. And then Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8, verse 6, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded, the Torah is spiritual. To think after the Torah, to follow after the Torah is life and peace. It's following Yeshua's Torah where we're not in bondage and through following Yeshua's Torah is the bride set free. In John chapter 8 verses 31 and 32, Yeshua said to those Jews who believed on him, if you continue, abide in my word or in my Torah, then are you my disciples indeed and you will know the truth. Psalm 119 verse 142, the Torah is truth. Psalm 119 verse 151, the commandments are truth. You will know the truth. Yeshua is the truth. You will know Yeshua and you will know and understand following his Torah and his commandments and believing in Yeshua and following his Torah and his commandments will make you free. The bride of Yeshua confesses that Yeshua is her savior. Romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 10 that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Yeshua and will believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead you will be saved, redeemed or delivered. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So in order to be a bride that is pleasing to him Yeshua needs his bride to not walk after her will and her desires and her ways and after the flesh, not walk according to the ways of this world and the wisdom of this world. And that is learned through our five physical senses and reasoning according to this world results in you having a carnal mind, which Paul wrote.
wrote in Romans chapter 8 verse 7 is an enemy of God and it doesn't follow the Torah of God. And so the bride, in order to please her bridegroom, must have and abide in Yeshua's Holy Spirit. And so Yeshua is going to give gifts to his bride. And in Acts chapter 2 verse 38, Peter said unto them, Repent and be immersed, every one of you, in the name of Messiah Yeshua for the remission of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so now we're going to look at various gifts of the Holy Spirit. And Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 4 verses 7 and 8, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Messiah. Wherefore he says, When he ascended on high, he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts to men. So what are those gifts that the Messiah offers his bride so that she can be a wife that is well-pleasing in his sight? Well, she's given the gift of righteousness. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. If by one man's offense, that's sin, death reigned by one, that's referring to Adam and him committing sin in the Garden of Eden, much more they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Yeshua HaMashiach. And so we're given the gift of eternal life. Romans chapter 6 verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Yeshua HaMashiach, our Lord. We are given the gift of grace. Romans chapter 5 verse 15. If through the offense of one, Adam, when he sinned in the garden, many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift of grace, which is by one man, Yeshua HaMashiach, has abounded unto many. We're given the gift of faith. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. It's not of our own works and our own ability so that no man can boast. We're given other spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 1. Concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not that you be ignorant. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 4 and verse 8. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these works that one and self-same Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. And so Yeshua gives gifts to his bride so that she can be a bride that pleases him and she can only please him when she is submitted to his Torah and submitted to his spirit and is led by his spirit. And in doing so, she will produce the fruit of the spirit, which Paul outlines in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 24. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. And they that are Messiahs who are saved by grace through faith and have 
has made Yeshua Savior and Lord of their life, they then, if they're led by the Holy Spirit and produce the fruit of the Spirit, they will crucify and the flesh will be crucified. The bride's destination in this journey, when she has his Torah written upon her heart by the Holy Spirit, that she will go from being called, that's out of Egypt, out of Babylon, and ultimately where she's going to dwell with Yeshua, her bridegroom, permanently and forever is Mount Zion is the heavenly Jerusalem. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 22. The Lord showed signs and wonders great and sore upon Egypt, upon Pharaoh, upon all his household before our eyes. So the Torah, the teaching that we receive, the spiritual blueprint is the bride is going to leave Egypt and in leaving Egypt, she's going to receive instruction regarding how she's to live her life on a daily basis. That's Mount Sinai because Yeshua wants to take her to the promised land, to Jerusalem to Mount Zion where he's going to live and dwell with her forever. And so then we can see Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 23 that he brought us out from there, Egypt, that he might bring us in to give us a land that he swore to our fathers. And so that land is doing the will of the bridegroom. And so he's going to bring us into a place where we're going to seek to do and follow his will, and that land of promise is to live with the bridegroom in Mount Zion and in the New Jerusalem. And so we see that when the bride comes out of Egypt or Babylon and she's led in the wilderness, so the wilderness speaks of the trials and the tribulations of this world, but she's given instruction about how she's to live her life in that world. So Yeshua's Torah was given to his bride at Mount Sinai because he wants to take her to her promised land. And it's not just a generic promised land. It's a specific place where Messiah wants to take his bride, and that's Jerusalem. And Jerusalem in Hebrew means the Lord sees peace. And in the Bible, an alternative name for Jerusalem is Zion. And in 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 7, it is written, Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, the same as the city of David. So Zion is the city of David. And David in Hebrew, David, this is the Strong's number 1732 in the Strong's Hebrew Dictionary. And David, or in Hebrew, David, means beloved. And so Zion is the city of David. David means beloved. Beloved is a term for Jerusalem. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 1. Now will I sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved. And then it says, in Isaiah chapter 5 verse 3 and now O inhabitants of Jerusalem. So beloved is a term for Jerusalem and David dwelt in Jerusalem in Zion and David means beloved. And so beloved is a term for the bride of Messiah and the new Jerusalem is the city of Yeshua's bride for eternity. Revelation chapter 21 verses 9 and 10. And there came unto me one of the seven angels and talked with me saying come I will show you the bride the lamb's wife. And he 
he carried me away in the spirit to a great and a high mountain. And so what is that high mountain? It's Mount Zion. It's the heavenly Jerusalem. And he showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem. And so what is biblical Zion? It's the unification of his people. Ultimately, that's Yeshua's bride who is dwelling and living in the land that he promised and the land he's promised us that if we would be faithful to him that he would work with us so that we could fulfill his will in our lives but in order to do his will in our lives we have to be obedient to his instructions which means his Torah and we have to make Yeshua not only Savior but Lord of our lives so biblical Zion is the oneness of Messiah who has a people a bride who's obedient to his Torah and does his will and her promised land is to live and dwell with him forever in the new Jerusalem. So now we're going to see that Zion is a term for the people of the God of Israel. Isaiah chapter 51 verse 16 say unto Zion you are my people. Zion is a term for the bride of Yeshua. Isaiah chapter 62 verse 1 for Zion's sake I will not hold my peace. So Zion here is referring to Yerushalayim, Jerusalem and then the association with Zion being the people of God being associated with the city of Jerusalem and Yeshua marrying Zion marrying his bride. Isaiah chapter 62 verse 5 for as a young man marries a virgin so shall your sons marry you and as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride so shall your God rejoice over you. So Zion is associated with the land of Israel. Joel chapter 2 verse 1 blow the shofar in Zion sound an alarm on my holy mountain Zion is his holy mountain let all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the Lord comes it is near at hand and so the land of Israel is the inheritance of the bride of Yeshua so Yeshua's bride whom he's going to marry that he's going to live and dwell with her initially in his kingdom on earth for a thousand years and then that marriage is going to continue forever in the new heavens and the new earth in the new Jerusalem so now now we see that the land of Israel is the inheritance of the bride. Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 7, And Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of good courage, for you must go with this people unto the land that I swore to your fathers to give them to inherit it. The bride of Yeshua is an heir of the promised land. Galatians chapter 3 verse 16, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He doesn't say seeds as of many, but as of one into your seed which is Messiah and if you are Messiah's then are you Abraham's seed in an heir according to the promise so what is one of the things that Abraham was promised a land a promised land and those who are Messiah the bride of Messiah is an heir of this promised land in Isaiah chapter 14 verse 1 it is written for the Lord will have mercy on Jacob and will choose Israel and set them in their own land and strangers will be joined with them and they will cleave to the house of Jacob. And so the bride of Yeshua has a physical promised land. That's the land of Israel where Yeshua's bride is going to live with Yeshua when during the Messianic era, Isaiah chapter 2 verses 2 and 3, that Yeshua is going to be teaching the Torah to all nations because out of Zion shall go forth the Torah. So it's literally got to go forth from Jerusalem the city, but Zion is a term for the people of the God of Israel. It's a 
term for the bride of Yeshua. So the bride of Yeshua is going to be teaching along with Yeshua his Torah to the nations during the thousand year messianic era. And she will be living with him in Jerusalem and she will be teaching the Torah and doing his will as well during that time. And so doing his will is also a part of what he promised her and her promised land. And so in the journey of the bride, the bride is called out by the Messiah. There's a marriage. The pattern is that she breaks the covenant. She's unfaithful. And so therefore she's exiled from him. But his love for her is so strong that he wants to lay down his life. He wants to redeem her. He wants restoration. He wants reconciliation. But she has to have a change of heart. And so he has to remove that stony heart, give her a heart of flesh, put his Torah and write it upon her heart and give her the indwelling Holy Spirit and spiritual gifts. Well, that's going to conclude part six of the series on the subject, The Journey of the Bride. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.